Thank you for listening to the podcast version of the Saturday Report with me, Colt, Sebastian, Taylor. Before we get started, check out the links I've posted in this uh, broadcast posting, wherever you are currently viewing it. Uh, this week, check out NordVPN. Uh, it's a great way to protect your devices, your computers from malware, viruses, etc. Virtual private network. It sounds very fancy. They make it very, very, very easy. Click on the link below. Get some great savings today. Protect your computer, your devices, your servers, all of these different things. In fact, you can maybe even watch, uh, maybe even watch programs that aren't available in your country by sort of fooling the system that you're somewhere else. So check out NordVPN uh, for all of those needs. And of course, if you are on social media like I am, you should use Social B. Check out SocialB.io, the social management social media management tool that enables you to post across all of your profiles, the Facebook, the Twitter, the LinkedIn, the Instagram, the Pinterest, Google My Business, and TikTok. Um, you can structure your content into categories, use RSS feeds, customize posts for each social media if you want to get that in the little tiny details there, recycle evergreen posts, and of course, track link clicks uh, using a link shortener, and analyze the performance of your accounts as well. That's pretty great stuff. So check out socialb.io. All right. Shall we get started? I think so. Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, to the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, an amateur balloon enthusiast, and welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent, digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting music and uh, talk shows throughout the day, including mine. All we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. And my friends, I want to engage with you. I want you to be part of the conversation. So you can find me on the Twitter. You can find me on the Instagram, the Twitch.tv, the Cameo, the Facebook, Instagram. Did I say Instagram? It doesn't matter. All at Colt S. Taylor. Uh, follow uh, ColtSebastianTaylor.com. And, of course, the podcast version of this show is at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. All right, my friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. First up this week, my friends, Netflix. Yes, the streaming service. The folks that put Blockbuster out of business. Or Redbox. I think Redbox did most of that work. So Netflix, the folks that cut into Redbox's dominance and probably going to put them out of business one day. Who put Blockbuster out of business? They are cracking down, my friends, on password sharing. Yes, that's right. If you've been using your mother's uh, Netflix account for 10-odd years, it's time to break down and buy one yourself because uh, they're cracking down on it quite a bit. Um, how, you ask? Well, you know, computers, um, they know when you log in into different places. So, you know, much like how if you log into Facebook from a new phone or from a family computer elsewhere, it'll say, hey, we saw you logged in this location. Is this you? It's basically that same concept. So if they see 
Netflix accounts logging in elsewhere, they're going to start blocking Netflix coming to those locations so that you just can't get Netflix anymore. Um, so you might end up blocking your parents' Netflix if you're not careful. So that's a thing. Um, so Netflix, though, this is a big turnaround because Netflix actually encouraged, they, they did officially um, promote password sharing, but they had quietly expressed support to password sharing to help spread its popularity and brand awareness. Uh, I think there's a tweet up from at least five years ago that says, uh, sharing is caring and password sharing is also caring or something like that. But yeah, that's what they're doing now. Netflix also, in the last few years, have raised their prices. They've also added commercials. They were famously known as a streaming service that didn't add commercials to the programming, but now they are. Why, you ask? Well, they want money. It's all about the bottom line, which they are perfectly allowed to do. Okay, I don't have any qualms with this change of policy. If that's what they want to do, then that's what they want to do. They're a business. That's fine. Um, although, I will say, before I get into more, you can all, if you have a, a non-basic account, so whatever like, the tier above it is, uh, you can add sub accounts for like a quarter of the price. So if you were had if you were on your mother's account and she would have a non lowest tier account, she can add you as a sub account for like a quarter of the price of a regular subscription. So that is what Netflix is hoping is going to happen. That everyone that are using these sharing passwords will either get their own accounts or I guess band together and make one of these higher tier accounts with Sub accounts. That's what they're. That is what they are hoping to do. With that said, I think this is going to backfire immensely for them. Immensely for them. Okay, backfire immensely for them uh, because I think it hurts their brand. I mean, they were the streaming service that had no commercials, low price, and you could share your passwords. They are now no longer any of those things. They are. A regular streaming service now. They don't stand out to the Hulu or the Disney Plus or the Paramount Plus or the Colt Sebastian Taylor Plus. That's right. Colt Sebastian Taylor streaming coming this fall where you can watch 24 hours of me just sitting here at a computer. The price? $30 a month. Share the passwords all you want. Um, so that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. They tested it out in Latin America in Costa Rica and Chile, which I didn't know was like the testing bed for that sort of stuff, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So like, Netflix has several uh, tiers of accounts, basically. Uh, you have your, um, uh, your, your basic plan, your basic plan where you can watch on one device uh, with ads. That's $6.99 a month, and that is you cannot share that. Um, that's the basic with ads. Basic, basic, 10 bucks a month. Um, and that is, uh, with ads, I think no ads, no ads. And you can do one at a time. And then the standard plan, that's, that's fifteen forty nine a month. Um, um, you could do two at the same time and you can have sub accounts from that. All right. So, and then they have like an Uber premium for 20 bucks a month. That has all those things. You can watch it at six, uh, four devices at the same time, 
You can download on the six devices at the same time. And then they also have spatial audio, which is something I don't know what that means. It's not important to me because I don't know about it. So anyways, my friends, if you're sharing Netflix accounts with family members, friends, enemies, exes, etc., time for them to get off the get off get it off because someone's gonna get blocked from Netflix soon, and that'll be that. Will they be successful? Will they boost their bottom line? Probably for a little bit, but I think they're gonna cause more competition than they will uh, create profit. Now the thing about streaming, friends, is that <clears throat> It's easy to do, okay? People were pirating movies and pirating music because it was kind of easier and cheaper to do that than to go to the movies or to buy music and whatnot. But with the streaming services at a low fee, making it easier to get the things that people wanted, you know what? Piracy kind of went down a bit from what I've read, all right? Because it's, you know... Why go through all the hop, skipping, and jumping through Eastern European websites to get the latest, um, oh, what's a popular artist? The the Elton John music. That's that's the new and upcoming artist, right, Elton John? When you can just ask Amazon to do it. So, you know, I think, like I said, the harder streaming services make it to stream their services, harder in terms of it being financially harder to do, eh, Though I think you're going to see an uptick in piracy. So, we'll see. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Moving on to financial news. ExxonMobil, the gas and oil giant, posted a profit of $59 billion for 2022, making $6.7 million an hour. That is uh, a bit. That is a bit. Uh, set a record for the company, but historic high for a Western oil company. Western oil company. Um, story says here that uh, most oil companies are expected to uh, break their own annual records due to high prices and soaring demand, uh, taking in over $200 billion, uh, calling for more calls to levy a windfall profits tax on the companies. Gosh. Increased profits. Hmm. Weird. It's almost like the increase in gas and oil profits makes it harder to transport items, driving up their prices, causing higher prices in stores. Hmm. So, you know, again, again, inflation. I say this, I've been saying this for quite a while now. Inflation, inflation, saying inflation is because of policies and not corporate greed. Again, again, if you are saying, like, man, man, oh, man, you know, grocery prices are up 30% this year. They they are. Oil profits are up 40% this year. Huh. I wonder if they correlate in any way. They do. They do. They do. The more expensive it is to transport things, uh, companies aren't going to eat that. They're going to pass that along to the consumer which is you and me, my friends. So, again, more than happy to do this. They're a company. They can do what they want. But blaming higher prices on inflation, and inflation being this sort of po nebulous political thing, is foolish. You're being a fool, okay? 
inflation, this type of inflation, you know, is being driven by corporate greed, okay? Corporate greed, you know? Which, if you're a stock owner, hey, you're sitting pretty. You're doing fantastic. If you're not, eh, not so much. So, do I think there should be a windfall tax? Yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, will there be? No. Why? Because I'm willing to bet uh, my congressional people will pay more attention to someone who's giving them millions of dollars of campaign contributions if I send them a postcard as uh, some internal trade. So, but anyways, if you're an ExxonMobil stockholder, then be a good 2022 for you, my friend. A good 2022. In air travel news, Boeing, which is a major airplane company here in the United States, uh, has delivered its final 747 airplane to Atlas Air uh, this week, uh, marking the end of an era where jumbo jet planes ruled the sky. So there's going to be 747s uh, out there and whatnot. Um, but this is the last 747 that they are going to build as the trend to make these less jumbo jets and more uh, smaller, uh, still just as far ranged uh, aircraft that are smaller, more fuel efficient, carry less people, but are more cost effective, I guess you'd say, than a 747. Uh, quoting Kim Smith, Boeing's vice president and general manager for the 747 and 767 programs, uh, it's a very emotional experience, I know, for so many of the current team and so many had, have lineage in the program over the many, many decades. Uh, 747 uh, was known as the Queen of the Skies. Uh, it was the first twin-aisle jetliner uh, Boeing designed and built in a 28-month span. And Pam Am Airlines, which is no longer exists, introduced the plane in 1970. So, uh... Probably be up there for another 5, 10 years, I would imagine. Um, you know, so make parts for it or whatnot, but you will soon see these start to transition out of service as uh, more newer planes take over various airlines. So the last 747 ever to be built by Boeing uh, was finished and delivered this week. We now go to New Zealand, where my very good international friend Georgina lives, uh, who, uh, uh, who I occasionally do some Dungeons & Dragons with online. But anyways, New Zealand is experiencing record, record rainfall today on the North Island uh, this week. The worst flooding in over 200 years in Auckland. Uh, the Auckland Airport reported uh, 249 millimeters of rain in a 24-hour period, which for those who are doing the quick math in their heads, which I'm saying I'm totally doing and not sort of typing in right now installing, that's 9 inches of rain, almost 10 inches of rain over a 24-hour period, just for those who use the Imperial U.S. Standard. But uh, that's a lot. That is a lot of rain. Uh, another station in Albert Park, reported 280 millimeters one day with 211 millimeters of uh, rain falling in less than six hours. That is that is eight inches in six hours. So more than an inch an hour of rain in that area. That is pretty crazy, right? That is that is 
That is a lot of rain. That's a lot of rain. That is 8.5 times more than January and more than two and a half times than the entire summer. It is the wettest January in Auckland. Um, Auckland, 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 I don't know. I'm sure someone will correct me. Since records began, uh, it's called numerous uh, landslides, flooding, damage to roads. Uh, there are 350 people needed uh, shelter. Uh, four people were killed. And 9,000 people are stranded in the international airport due to flight cancellations and delays. So, to all of my New Zealander friends out there, especially my my, my very favorite, Dean Pal, uh, do be careful out there, uh, out there in um, uh, New Zealand. You know, hopefully this will dry out soon, but they are experiencing a lot of rain there. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. Now, speaking of international uh, stories, like I said, I have a friend in New Zealand who I play D&D with. I have a friend in Yellowknife, Canada. I also play with. Uh, she is fantastic to play with as well. And I also have associates in Florida, Alaska, Kentucky, um, and I think Manitoba, Canada, too. I could be mistaken. I, I don't know that person's address off the top of my head. But what do all these places have in common? They all, my friends, not only are great D&D players, but they can listen to my pal DC. That's right. My pal DC and his show broadcast internationally here at AWSM Radio uh, three days a week. That's right, my friends. He works three times as hard as I do. First up, Friday nights, 9 p.m., it's DC Live in Effect. He is our in-house DJ. DC mixes it up. You don't want to miss it. Don't want to miss out while he smashes it on the ones and twos, kicking the beats from South Florida every week. And then finally, not that finally, but like on Saturdays, it's DC House Party Saturdays, bringing his freestyling DJing to the max. House Party Saturdays gives you all the Miami vibe without actually having to be there. There is no review from Ron DeSantis's educational board about the music he plays there. It, it is unreviewed. From the top clubs to the bars, DC will bring the party to you Saturdays at 10 p.m. Then finally, Sundays at 10 p.m., it's DC live in effect again, only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Moving on to international news. Balloons. They're fun, right? You know, I remember when I was in elementary school that uh, the entire elementary school got balloons. We all went out into the playground and released these balloons that had postcards on them. They would fly into the sky, and then when they uh, landed, someone would find them and then mail the postcard back to the elementary school, and there would be a big map of where people found these postcards. Now, the majority of them were found within about, you know, a mile or two of the elementary school. Some just, some, one right in my backyard a block from it, okay? So some of these balloons didn't get that far. I believe one or two got all the way to Ohio and Indiana. Although, in retrospect, I can't help but to think that maybe that child stole that postcard and mailed it to their uh, grandparents and had it mailed back so they could win or something. I don't know. I was very suspicious, uh, young redhead. Um, and then, of course, some got tangled up in the electrical lines outside the school and kind of floated about there for quite a while. Uh, were these balloons biodegradable? No. No, they weren't. But this was the 80s. We didn't care about the environment. Would, would someone do this today? No. Why? Because it's a lot of plastic pollution. Why am I talking about balloons? Because over Montana this week, a Chinese spy balloon was spotted. 
yes, a spy balloon, a spy balloon. Um, some uh, some uh, films and photos started coming in from the Montana area saying, okay, that's the moon, that's Jupiter. What is that? That's not a planet. That's not a star. What what what's up there in the sky? And then a few high-powered telescopes and cameras saw it was a big balloon that looked like it had a satellite stuck under it. And it was, in fact, a surveillance balloon from China. That's right, China. Now, they say it's a weather balloon. The Pentagon, the Pentagon has said, <laughs> uh, listen, uh, as the folks who originated it was just a weather balloon lie, we know it's not a weather balloon. But basically, um, it appears that China, and this is apparently not the first time either. This is the first, this is the first time it's been public, but several quote unquote surveillance balloons have been spotted floating about in the sky. Now the balloon is way above commercial air traffic. So no one's going to run into it. And, uh, the government has decided not to shoot it down because it could land and cause damage or harm to people on the ground. They're just going to keep tabs on it. But they're also very confident that uh, whatever sort of intelligence gathering stuff it's doing, it's not getting much, if anything. So I, I thought to myself, boy, that seems kind of an odd way to surveil people. Why use balloons and why aren't there satellites? Well, um, actually, there was actually a very good reason. Apparently balloons, although it's old tech, it's actually still quite effective. They are difficult to detect. Um, they can obviously linger about a bit. You no know, satellites kind of you know go all the way around the world several times. They only got so much time over a location, and balloons can kind of just float over there and check things out and linger for quite a bit. Now, obviously, balloons—they're uh, hard to steer. They're—they're they're famously not known for their um, maneuverability. Um, however, however, um, air, 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 air streams and flowing of the Earth's winds in the upper atmosphere, fairly predictable. So you could get a balloon over there on a regular basis if you wanted to. Now, what's in Montana? Well, intercontinental ballistic missile sites. That's one. Um, there's also various Air Force bases there as well. And so they think this is much more of a signals collection. So just listening to secret messages and transmitting them back. Um, apparently this thing is a big balloon. This The balloon is the size of three or four school buses. And there's a large package with solar panels on it for energy hanging below it. Uh, eventually it will come down where the, no one seems to really know yet. Kind of depends. I mean, it could pop obviously, or something could hit it, or it eventually will lose air and start to descend. But uh, no word whether other other uh, balloons have come down somewhere. I imagine if they did, and no one knew about it, they're not going to brag about it. But, uh, yeah, so there is a surveillance balloon hanging about over Montana right now. And uh, uh, the other concern here is that this is obviously a bit of a provocation. But this obviously is also a, uh, I think they think a message being sent that, hey, we can do this, just so you know. Uh, the big concern uh, from the government uh, a few years ago that these balloons could be used to deliver a uh, nuclear payload 
to the United States. Not something like when it would like bomb a city or something like that, but you could detonate one in the atmosphere, cause an EMP, elect electronic, electric magnetic pulse, and sort of fry uh, computers, electronics in a multi-state area. So um, I'm glad they're tracking it. Apparently there's a second possible balloon over Canada. Canada also not happy about this. Both Canada and the United States have uh, summoned the Chinese ambassador to say, Hey, um, hello. Not, not appreciated, buddy. Not appreciated flying something over our airspace. Uh, China has said that, oh, well, this is a weather balloon. It got blown off horse. Sorry, but it's just a weather balloon. Nothing to worry about. So, we'll see. Uh, some folks are calling for it to be shot down. I mean... I would, but, you know, I also don't know what that means on places in the ground. I mean, shoot something down and it's not going to fall straight. It's going to fall in the way. It might slam into someone's house and whatnot. So, they're watching it. Keep your tabs on it. We'll see if any more of these balloons pop up. Moving on to crime. As you may remember, I have several times covered a story... Uh, out of the south, southeast, I think it's, uh, North Carolina or South Carolina. I don't, I get the Carolinas mixed up and whatnot. But about a lawyer who, uh, whose wife and son were murdered in a sort of possible hit. And there was an assassination attempt on him. And there was a lot of weird stuff going on down there. And, uh, boy, who, who's after this, this lawyer who's from a powerful, uh, family in the area that his father was a judge, his grandfather was a judge, great grandfather was a lawyer, and then it came out that mm, you know what this uh, this assassination attempt on him might have been a ploy, and boy, he's uh, being sued by someone who uh, a family whose uh, I guess uh, uh, maid had died while on a boat with his son who was largely drinking at the time, and there was another mysterious death. And the lawyer, the, the, the law firm he worked for is missing some money. And gosh, this guy killed his family. So he is currently on trial for it. And there was testimony this week that the day before, the day before the murders of his wife and his son, uh, the CFO, the chief financial officer, came to him and said, hey, we're missing like $800,000 in cash. And it looks like um, uh, it looks like you took that money and got that paid to yourself. So we need to, we need to figure this out. So, like, either you have a check that you haven't turned into us, and that's mislabeled, but we're missing some money here. It was a very tense conversation because the lawyer named Alex uh, Mur Murdaugh and the CFO named um, uh, Janine uh, Schickinger. They've known each other since high school. They've known each other for decades. They've worked together for decades. So imagine going to a good friend from high school and say, Hey, uh, we're missing $800,000. We think you, you took it. So we got to figure this out here, buddy. Um, but during that conversation, he was interrupted. There was a call from the hospital saying his father was in critical condition. He was dying. And then that night, there were murders. His wife and his son 22-year-old son, were killed. Now, after that, obviously, the firm didn't want to talk to him because he was, you know, looks like there's a victim of a horrible crime, 
father is passing away. He has lost his son and his wife. So, you know, we'll figure this out by the end of the year. Take care of your business. But prosecutors are thinking that maybe that these murders and his financial crimes are connected. Yes, that's right, my friends. Uh, they're saying that maybe he did this to buy himself more time to find this money to take, uh, just take, to take the, the onus off of him. Like, oh, this guy stole money. Like, oh, this guy's family died and whatnot. Um, police are playing videos that he's acting a wee bit weird after they pick him up to let him know that his uh, wife and son had died. Not quite having the emotional reaction that someone would think would happen. So, I don't know. I mean, this guy looks pretty, pretty guilty. Um, it looks like they're submitting financial records uh, showing that uh, years of financial crimes and misdeeds. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, this was also the murders. The murders were three days before uh, a, a hearing in a civil lawsuit against them. So, obviously, they canceled that after that. So, it kind of looks like the he did this to buy himself more time on this lawsuit as well as this his financial crime. So obviously not in the right state of mind there. But uh, says he didn't do it, but it looks like they got a wee bit of evidence against him. Um, the trial has not wrapped up yet, but when it does, I will let you know what has happened. Moving on to music news. The Jonas Brothers, they're back, baby. They're, uh, they've come back together to release a new album and go on tour. And they've got a Hollywood Walk of uh, Walk of Fame star that they uh, received this week uh, with uh, Joe Jonas, Nick Jonas, and Kevin Jonas, the Jonas Brothers, uh, were there with their uh, respective wives and family uh, as well, um, including including uh, Sophia Turner. Uh, these were Sophia Turner. Uh, per Perika Chopra and Dan Danielle Jonas, Sophia Turner, most famously uh, from the Game of Thrones, uh, the Game of Thrones series, uh, whatnot. She is a she's a very very tall person, very tall person. And uh, Perika Chopra is an Indian actress and producer, winner of the Miss World two thousand uh, pageant, one of the highest paid actresses in India. Just so you know. You might have, you might not have been aware of that. I, of course, am, because you know I am all things, um, all things music and entertainment, right? I think so. Um, but uh, anyway, all three of them were there, and their families, as well as uh, their uh, a younger brother Frankie Jonas, as well as their parents Denise and Kevin Jonas Senior for the event. Uh, apparently, there was a joke though uh, that if they break up again. Uh, do they have to split the star into three uh, places and whatnot? Uh, but uh, someone said, too soon, Joe, too soon. So a little jokey, jokey there and whatnot. But anyways, they are going to be going on tour soon. Um, they are back together. Um, the Kevin uh, teased fans saying, I don't think you're ready, honestly. And uh, yeah, so uh, they're back together, the touring. So good for them. What not? Uh, several of them have uh, uh, gone on to some acting uh, roles as well. I think I think one of the Jonas Brothers was in uh, a Jumanji film, now that I think about it. But anyways, uh, they're back. If you're a big fan of the Jonas Brothers, well, they'll be releasing some new music soon. Uh, fun fact, 
I think the last concert that they were supposed to have, but canceled because they broke up, was in the Philadelphia area, I believe, in the Upper Derby area. I, if I remember correctly, it has been a while. But anyways, congratulations to the Jonas Brothers for their Hollywood Walk of Fame star. If they break up again, they'll probably not break the star into three pieces. We now go to the hard-hitting world of basketball, but not the, not the NBA, not the WNBA, or WNBA, I don't know, not, not Olympic basketball. Varsity High School Basketball, that's right. Well, there is a scandal in Virginia High School Basketball because uh, apparently a coach, an assistant coach, impersonated a 13-year-old to play in a game this past month, apparently. Uh, the Portsmouth Public School District uh, investigated an incident where after a 22-year-old, uh, Arisha Boinkins, formerly an assistant basketball coach on the Churchland High School Junior Varsity girls basketball team, impersonated one of the players during a game on January 21st. Uh, the daughter was out of town and pretended to be that person and uh, and uh, and played and whatnot, uh, the, and played the game. Obviously, you can't do that and whatnot. Uh, according to one parent, coaches always preach to the kids about integrity and those types of things, so I was just shocked. I was just shocked. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, anyways, uh, the Portsmouth Public Schools did not immediately return a uh, request for comment. A public information officer told USA Today that following the investigation, both junior and varsity teams decided to cut their season short and that the assistant coach no longer works for Portsmouth Public Schools. Parents of the player told that their daughter will not attend Churchland next year and looking for the district to apologize. So, boy, that is some in-it-to-win-it uh, uh, in uh, feelings there. I I mean, you'd think, I mean, I just can't, like, how did you think you were going to get away with that? I mean... I mean, deal. I don't know any twenty-two-year-olds who look like thirteen-year-olds. Maybe Virginia has different, you know, bread down there. Who knows? But uh, that is some brazen stuff right there. And guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work, my friends. You can't pretend to be. <laughs> I wonder what her like stats were. Like, like everyone else like made you no know, like ten or thirteen points, and like she's like dunking over people and whatnot. You know. <laughs> having to smoke afterwards, doing a shot of whiskey. Anyways, uh, good luck getting a new job. You'll probably leave this one off of your resume. But speaking of sports, and specifically basketball, my friends, Wednesday nights here on AWSM Radio is the place to be for all of your sports needs. First up at 9 p.m., it's To The Rack with Mac. Uh, it is your go-to spot for all things basketball. Join NBA expert Mac Daddy as he brings you a full hour of high-flying hoops expertise for all things NBA. Tune in Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. to To The Rack with Mac. Then at 10 p.m., it's What's Going On. What's Going On is our Fox Sports affiliate show providing listeners with over 150 combined years of sports knowledge. Hosted by Nate Brown and his crew, they are a staple of Western New York sports. They've been doing it for the past two decades. And now, my friends, they're going national. We have them here Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. So, just to review, 9 p.m. Wednesday, To the Rack with Mac. To the Rack with Mac, not back, Mac. 
10 p.m. Wednesday. What's going on? Only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Moving along, this week, the father of Peeps Marshmallow Candies, Ira Bob Bourne, passed away at the age of 98. The age of a 98. Uh, he is the former president of Just Born Quality Confections, uh, a 100-year-old family-owned candy company. He was born in 1924, uh, the uh, son of uh, Jewish Russian-Jewish immigrants, uh, who founded founded the Just Born Company in 1923. So his father founded it. Founded it. Uh, they moved to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where the candy company is still based. Uh, he graduated from Lehigh University with a degree a degree in engineering physics before entering the U.S. Navy, where he served as a radar specialist on a uh, destroyer in the Pacific. Uh, he went to medical school, but soon found that he really enjoyed business so he went into the business uh end of things and then the candy business according to his son ross born was interesting to him quote he enjoyed the science the technology the processing he was very much into the equipment uh in 1953 the just board company acquired ronda roda candy company which was focusing on making jelly beans but has side product of making marshmallow candies made by hand out of a plastic bag. Uh, he saw potential in that. Uh, it originally took 26 hours to make uh, that candy, uh, but he designed a way for a machine to make it in under six minutes. Quite an improvement. Um, according to uh, a quote, there was nobody doing that kind of thing. You couldn't buy a machine like that, so he built it. Uh, he, uh, Ira Bourne here, was also credited for creating a the hot tamales candy recipe when he was trying to figure out how to optimize misshapen in products in the candy-making process. Ross said that his father would easily come up with ideas because he thought of mistakes as a lesson rather than something to avoid. Quote, that was just his nature. He didn't say, no, we can't do something. He said, well, we'll figure it out. Um, in 19, uh, and, uh, oops, sorry, moving, I went back a little bit there. Uh, anyways, uh, in 2019, the city of Bethlehem just declared February 15th as Bob Bourne Day. He spent 40 years there at the company before retiring and moving to Florida, where he was a chairman of a literacy program in underserved community. So, quite an amazing life he lived. The inventor of Peeps, um, passed away at the year... Eight-year-old age of 98, uh, Ross said, his son, most of all, his father will be remembered as a real mensch, a Yiddish for a person of integrity, honor, and uh, dignity. So uh, he survived by his uh, wife, Patricia, children, Sarah and Ross, along with their spouses, Bob and Wendy, grandchildren, Melissa, Cheryl, Aaron, Lisa, and Amy, and 12 great-grandchildren. Pretty amazing. So... Have a peep this week, my friends, because the inventor of the peeps passed away at the age of 98. And finally this week, Puck Santani Field, the groundhog in Pennsylvania, saw its shadow predicting six more weeks of winter uh, there in, um, in, up there in Puck Santani. Uh, fun fact, two fun facts, uh, the movie Groundhog's Day, Bill Murray, before that movie, the event would get 2,000 people a year, after that movie, ten to 20,000 people come out every year 
for Groundhog's Day, making predictions ever since 1886. During that time, predicted a long winter 107, 107 times, an early spring 19 times, 10 times, there was no record. It was canceled in 1943, and in 1942, uh, Paxitani Phil said, War clouds have blacked out parts of the shadow. So will he be right? Well, it's a groundhog, so I guess we'll find out. And that, my friends, wraps up this week's Saturday Poor's Meet Cult, Sebastian Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Cameo, on the Twitch.tv, all at Colt S. Taylor. Uh, you can find the podcast version of the show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And, of course, you can check out all of my adventures at ColtSebastianTaylor.com. But, really, Twitch, Twitter, those are usually the best places to find me. As well as Cameo, I do like making my videos for folks and whatnot. Well, my friends, until next time and until next week, I am, of course, the one, the only, your friend, your favorite redhead, Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later. And once again, thank you for listening to the podcast version of the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Check out NordVPN in the link below for all of your VPN needs. And of course, for your social media needs, check out socialb.io. Get that 14-day free trial and you, like I did, will find out it's a great social media posting system. Okay, this is the podcast signing off. And once again, I'm Colt Sebastian Taylor. And I'll see you later. <laughs>